Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you're craving church's three-piece classic, there's no other option. Two crispy legs, a thigh, and a warm honey butter biscuit are the only way. And that's why we call it a classic. Church's Texas Chicken. Tap the banner to find your nearest location. Offer valid at participating locations. For Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Formula E returns this weekend with new cars, new tech, new teams and drivers ready to race the fastest ever version of these electric machines. In many ways, it's a reboot for the groundbreaking series. Now, just before Christmas, we dispatched our Formula E man, Jake Boxall, leg to sunny Valencia for the pre-season test to spy on these new generation cars. So today we'll find out what's so special about Gen 3, which drivers and teams he thinks you should look out for, and if this is the reset Formula E needs to step up into the motorsport mainstream, let's get up to speed 
with our expert, Jake Boxall-Lake. JBL, welcome back to the podcast. First one this year. How was uh, Christmas and New Year? Was it satisfactory? Oh, it was lovely, thank you. Um, yeah, it was a really nice couple of weeks. It was, I think it just hit in that middle of that cold snap, and then I was off to Formula E testing, so there was a swing of about <laughs> 19, 20 degrees, I think, because it was very, very, uh, very lovely weather in Valencia. And then uh, coming back to slightly less uh, salubrious climbs, let's say, um, yeah. it took a little bit of getting used to, but yeah, it's been, uh, been a nice December ready, relaxed and ready to go back at it again. So you're going to jump on a plane very soon, head off to Mexico City for the first of, oh, I haven't made a note of this, I want to say 18 Ypres, is that right? 16 this year. Oh, there you go. (laughs) I've managed to be massively incompetent in the first three minutes of the podcast. Uh, Let's get uh, a little word on how Formula E wrapped up last year. So we put Stoffel van Dorn sixth in our top 50 drivers lists. Um, where did we leave that last generation of cars in terms of who was doing well, who wasn't doing so well, and uh, who sort of who left and who is joining? Well, obviously, I think I can answer sort of both of those questions with one in Mercedes, obviously um, being fantastic. Not not totally dominant. You can't really be so dominant in Formula E because all of the cars are so close together. But there was that sense that they were the, just the best team in terms of execution, in terms of let's say professionalism not that all of the teams aren't but it just had this sort of extra sheen that maybe the other teams didn't have and obviously winning two teams titles back to back Nick De Vries winning the previous season and then Stoffel van Dorn winning the title uh, last season in Seoul um that was kind of the the state of play and then obviously we had Mitch Evans managing to take it down to the wire despite um, an electrical issue in London that kind of had essentially put him out of the title fight but he came back he rallied he won the first sole race and then I think finished sixth in the second so wasn't able to give Van Dorn too much of a run for his money It's been almost a year since we had the reveal of the, the kind of final iteration of the Gen 3 race car in Monaco so now we can't wait to go racing with it this weekend what are some of the key stats and benchmarks that mean the Gen 3 cars are a really big step up from what we've seen racing in Formula E so far. I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, Martin. So Give it I hope to me. The, Give it uh, to I me. Hope you, I hope you like them. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of big numbers. That's good. The Gen 2 car had a drive motor of 250 kilowatts, and this new car has 350, so 100 more. And so that's what we're going to see in attack mode and in qualifying mode, that 350 kilowatt mapping and then the standard race mode will be 300 kilowatts but there's also a front mounted motor as well it doesn't contribute to the overall power output of the car but it contributes to the regeneration so that produces 250 kilowatts of regen so that's 600 kilowatts in total overall in the course of a race around 40 percent of the energy that's being used by each car will come from that regeneration phase which is i think that's up about 15 percent from the old car maybe more it's really, really changed in how the cars regenerate because there's no rear brakes anymore, which I'll get onto in a bit because it's caused a little bit of an issue later down the line. But this means that all the stopping power from the back is going to come from regen. The way that the drivers operate it is going to be completely different as well. There used to be a kind of paddle on the steering wheel, so you'd pull the paddle and that would then put the regen through the rear motor and then fill up the battery. But it's going to be completely different now because it's all going to be done through sort of driver mapping and that sort of thing. So it's not something that they have to do manually. Um, The battery's smaller because of that greater regen. It means that they don't have to 
you know lumber around all of these these big cells so the last battery was 52 kilowatt hours uh, it was a very very heavy battery um, the new battery produced by Williams is a lot smaller. I think it's around 45, 46 kilowatt hours. So it's a, it's a smaller battery overall. It doesn't need to carry as much. Obviously, with the Gen 2 era, obviously cars would, uh, let's say, crash into each other quite a bit. So there were obviously lots of uh, bits of debris all over the circuit. And then when you went to the kind of what I'm going to loosely call the recycling area, uh, a track. There was there was uh, lots of different bits of pieces of car uh, there. These have all been been able to be recycled to use in the bodywork for the Gen 3 car. So that's quite a feat. The Gen 3 cars probably won't produce as much debris because we don't have these big wheel fenders and random bits of bodywork everywhere. It's slightly more leaned down in that respect. So... Those are sort of, uh, I think, the the key statistics, the key facts, um, and then other changes as well to kind of be aware of. Uh, Hankook is now supplying the tyres. Um, Michelin supplied them for the first two generations, and now Hankook's taken over. Um, and these tyres are sort of quite low grip in comparison, so you can see these drivers properly sort of dancing on the limit. They're really sliding around, um, and that's something that they're going to have to get used to, something the team is going to have to get used to as well, because they have no data on this tyre and they have no data with this car. So they've got to work out how the car works and how to sort of set it up properly to get the most out of the tyres. And then the tyres might do something completely different. So they've got to play around with something else. So it's uh, it's a really big challenge for them. So just to get some clarification on the dual motor setup. So front axle, rear axle, but not four wheel drive because the front motor never actually drives the wheels. So just to get that clear in my mind, that front motor solely exists for regen. So do you think that energy management will continue to play a part of the strategical game in Formula E? Just because we have all of this, you know, all of this regen, we're still going to have, there are still limits. As I said, the battery is smaller. So you're more predisposed to putting more energy in. I think maybe if the front regen motor kind of offsets the smaller battery, then we're still going to have bits and you know parts of the race where energy management is key and it's something that I think Formula E is very very proud of doing um it kind of shows how all of these manufacturers if you like are able to improve their efficiency and you know push the limits with that just to kind of make it it's not going it's never going to be completely road relevant because the way that you use the battery is completely different to what you have in a road going EV in terms of having that efficiency and saying, look, we're able to produce a motor and a powertrain setup that's over 95% efficient, and we can do that in our road cars. I think that's something that Formula E wants its manufacturers to kind of utilise. So there's still going to be energy management. It's still going to be a big part of things. There's still going to be extra time at the end of races as well. Uh, We'll talk about the sporting stuff in a bit, but that's still there to ensure that teams do manage energy rather than just you know, go to the end on with, you know, a third of a battery pack available uh, in the last couple of laps and everyone's going flat out and nothing really happens. 
Okay, so with top speeds of 200 miles an hour, 322 kilometers per hour, and 350 kilowatts of power on that rear motor, that's 470 brake horsepower equivalent, this feels like these cars are a big step up from what we've had previously. But will that change the kind of circuits that we go racing on? Because, you know, you went testing at Valencia on a, what I would say, non-typical Formula E circuit. Or are you going to go to the same places? And then how will that change how the cars and the tracks work together? Well, I think if we, if we look back at the, the Valencia test, it actually took a fair while for the cars to actually go faster than the Gen 2 cars. And that's just because the tyres are so so much less grippy than they were before. It's not something that the drivers have complained about for now. But, you know, it, they're racing drivers. They're always going to want more grip. I did speak to Ollie Rowland about it, and he said it is it is mainly grip why the, they're struggling to go for And they did eventually go faster than their Gen 2 counterparts. And we're very, very early in the development of these cars as well. So everybody's unlocking things, and they'll just go faster and faster. But, yeah, at the moment, it is just a matter of grip. And I did say, asked uh, Lucas Degrassi last year, feasibly with the Gen 3 cars, could we do, let's say, the full circuit of Mexico or something like that? And and he said, well, although these cars are going to be more powerful and and faster, it, it's how they deploy their speed that's going to be very, very different. And so they're going to be, they, they wouldn't necessarily fit, let's say, the full Mexico circuit at this moment in time, um, just because, again, these tyres are so low grip. Uh, and so they're going to be spinning up the wheels. And we do have this instantaneous torque in the Formula E car, but if you don't have the grip to match that, then you're just not able to make that getaway. And so you don't have that level of acceleration. And so although these can feasibly reach 200 miles an hour, I don't think we're often going to see that. And it is still a case of having small city circuits to regenerate and do things that a Formula E car needs to do. A different environment, let's say. And there will be circuits... You know, if Formula E ever decides to go back to Paris, for example, they would not use the circuit that they used previously because it was so small. And that's the case for a lot of other places as well. But when we go to Mexico, when we go to Saudi and all of these other venues, it's going to be largely the same layouts that we've seen um, for for the time being, at least. Um, I don't think they're ruling it out in the future, but uh, for now, it's just going to be sort of the same circuits that we all know and love. Okay, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the sporting regulations, some hefty crashes that we've seen uh, in testing and practice, and the drivers and teams, uh, a few of them at least, that you're going to be keeping your eye on that we should watch out for in 2023. Back in a second. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When you're craving church's three-piece classic, there's no other option. Two crispy legs, a thigh, and a warm honey butter biscuit are the only way. And that's why we call it a classic. Church's Texas Chicken. Tap the banner to find your nearest location. Offer valid at participating locations. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When you're craving church's three-piece classic, there's no other option. Two crispy legs, a thigh, and a warm honey butter biscuit are the only way. And that's why we call it a classic. Church's Texas Chicken. Tap the banner to find your nearest location. Offer valid at participating locations. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Now, uh, let's just talk about the sporting regulations. What are some of the changes, Jake, uh, that we can look out for this year? Well, there's one massive change that I think a lot of... Let's just say the 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 anti Formula E crowd has kind of been been clamouring for for a number of years. They use it as a stick to kind of beat the series with, and now that stick doesn't exist. Uh, fan boost is gone. Stoffel Van Dorn will have to find a new nickname. Stoffel Van Boost, as he's known. I think he's had fan boost in most of, if not every race that he's ever entered in the championship, which is which is quite a feat. Um, so that's that's now gone uh, for those unaware of what it was it was just basically uh, a five second boost at maximum power uh, for the driver that or the group of drivers that got the highest votes in the fan boost voting system so it was a bit of a pop- it was a popularity contest uh, not a bit it was in its entirety mm. um, but it didn't really do anything and everyone goes oh fan boost is so artificial it doesn't it never really did anything so yeah. that's gone um, there have been some changes to attack mode, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, we've we've switched back to lapped races, so the last few years has been forty five minutes plus a lap. That's been changed to just a, a set number of laps, and then behind the safety car, instead of having extra time added on, uh, it will be extra laps for however long uh, the safety car lasts for. So that's that's part of it as well. Um, as I say, attack mode is, is changing. Um, it used to be... It, it did vary between races, but the standard attack mode activation sort of system was you would get two lots of uh, four minutes of attack mode, so that's jumping to the higher power mode, and you ran over a strip uh, on the circuit, and that would then activate it, and you'd immediately have fan boost, uh, yada, yada, yada. That's going to be changed for this season, so it's actually going to be just four minutes in its entirety, but it's about how the driver divides it up. So there will be two activations during the race and it'll be activated in the same way by going over the strip, but the driver can set on their steering wheel how, how that's divided up. So in theory, they could go over the strip and uh, do it for one minute and then do it again for three minutes, or you could do two plus two, or you could do it the other way around and go three plus one. So, that should offer a little bit of strategic variety. All of the drivers will do different things. It's kind of, I guess it's kind of up to the, the teams how they, I guess, go for it and when they do it and that kind of thing as, as, as it used to be. But this ties into something that Formula E wants to bring into the series later in the year, and that is fast charging. And they're going to do something called attack charge, where you come in, you fast charge for 30 seconds uh, at once the pit window is opened up, which I believe will be after about 15 minutes per race, according to the Formula E CEO, Jamie Regal. So they'll pull in for their 30-second charge, um, and then 
the driver will then be able to deploy that energy in attack mode, but then they can choose when to do that. Again, that's totally up their, their discretion. Um, they won't have to go offline to do it. They'll just pit, charge, and then they can pop the attack mode whenever they want. So that's going to add a lot of variety. When they introduce that, we don't know. Um, they were aiming for Berlin, but I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen because it was pushed back because of a, a few battery worries in, in testing. Um, but I think that's going to offer a lot of variety. And they're thinking of introducing that for, let's say, double header rounds. So they'll have maybe the first race with a standard attack mode system and then the second race with attack charge, what they're shooting for at the moment. But at the moment, it'll just be the standard attack mode that's slightly... Uh, revised and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this fast charging plays out. Absolutely. Now when we first had the reveal of the Gen 3 uh, regulations years ago, they made a really big point of saying we're going to use so much regen that we'll have no friction brakes. And then everybody said at the time, well hang on a minute, you'd be the first racing series not to do that. You're also relying on software for when your left foot hits the brake, the car actually starts to slow down. It was an enormously risky statement to make back all, all, all that time ago. What's <laughs> happened between then and now? Because we saw some hefty crashes as well in private testing. What's the deal with Formula E brakes and slowing the cars down? For the most part, and I will say this, for the most part, it's been generally okay. And um, there have been lots of news reports that it has been a worry. And I think it is still, it's a legitimate worry. Um, you don't want to be a driver, hit the brake pedal and nothing happens. That's the last thing you want. Um, but there have been two sort of relatively high profile crash crashes, uh, possibly more. Um, so there was Sam Bird at Califat having quite a big crash. Not long after he just kind of recovered from his broken hand in London. And then in Valencia testing, Sebastian Buemi had a big crash at turn four, um, which isn't a particularly high speed corner. So that was uh, probably quite worrying uh, for everybody. You know, you have to say that in, in during the, 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 you know, three and a bit days of testing in Valencia, a lot of crashes didn't happen. It, it does depend on what we see when we get to Mexico. Um, I think from a personal standpoint, I need to kind of reserve judgment on this um, because, you know, at the end of the day, it is testing and these things do happen. Um, if, you know, cars aren't stopping properly in, in, in Mexico, then that is a worry. But if, if everything is fine, then everything is fine. Formula E does want to introduce emergency brakes just in case it does happen. So, you know, you have a fail safe. It is sort of a bit curious why they didn't introduce that to begin with, just to, just to make sure. Um, but that is not going to be ready for the first few rounds, but I would imagine it will sort of be ready around sort of Cape Town, Brazil kind of time in the season. So we'll have to wait and see in that. And then hopefully everything will be, you know, absolutely covered off by that point. Um, so I think it's nervy times for all of the teams with their break-by-wire systems and probably some of them will be, you know, mapping them quite sort of conservatively just to make sure that nothing bad happens. Um I think that's the, the the bottom line there. But yeah, we'll, we'll kind of have to wait and see and see if it does sort of plague the first race of the season or if everything is fine or not. 
there are so many reasons to tune in this weekend to the coverage in Mexico. There's so many unknowns, and, and one of them, what we don't want to be an unknown, is will the cars stop? Well, yes, they will, <laughs> but uh, let's, let's let's say reserve judgment till this weekend. Uh, we'll finish off. We won't go through all the teams and drivers, but we'll get you know your impressions from testing and the ones that stand out to you. Stoffel van Dorn, the champion, has gone from the team at the front of the grid to the back of the grid. We made a whole podcast on that last year. You can uh, check <laughs> that out. Uh, Maserati, back, a famous name in in motor racing once owned by Fiat and and Ferrari these days the Stellantis group so a really big deal coming into Formula 1 with that brand of course got the Mercedes McLaren um, switch over what are some of the drivers and teams that you want to highlight to our listeners sure so um, well if I kind of briefly touch on the Valencia times and I will caveat this by saying there is no point in looking into the testing times from Valencia because uh, it's a bit of a fool's errand let's be honest Uh, everyone's doing their own plans some teams are let's say ahead and some teams are behind and they're all finding out new things about this car but there was a sort of a common element in the Max Gunter who has moved from Nissan to Maserati to be Eduardo Eduardo Mortara's teammate. He did head five of the seven sessions, which is quite impressive. He is always good around Valencia, but it's good to see him sort of settled in at that team. One thing to note is that the Maserati powertrain and the DS powertrains are, uh, uh, well, I say similar. They are largely the same hardware. It's just how the software is developed that's different because it's done by their respective sporting teams. But it's a kind of common Stellantis powertrain. And it looks very, very strong. Um, again, with the times caveat even in mind, um, we had Gunter, Van Dorn and Verne uh, at the top of the timesheets cumulatively. Um of well you you mentioned McLaren and they look very strong as well um new lineup uh Rene Rast comes back after a year away Jake Hughes gets the promotion that he's he's wanted for quite a while into Formula E and they look very very comfortable Hughes particularly looks very very comfortable immediately um I spoke to him in Valencia and he said I can basically do my own natural driving style and it just sort of the performance just comes to me and that's quite encouraging for him um, because coming into Formula E is always very, very difficult for a driver and they usually do have to adapt. So if uh, Hughes can kind of just put his own natural stamp on it and make the most of it, then that's looking good for the for them. Um, the Nissan powertrain in that looks quite good. Um, it's been a really rough couple of years for Nissan. Um, in the intervening sort of years, they've bought out the EDAMS race team. They're now just Nissan. New driver lineup in Sasha Finestras, who comes over from Japan, and Norman Nato, who's uh, been Jaguar's reserve for the last year, but he's a Formula E race winner as well. Um, and, and, and testing's been looking good for them. Uh, Nato topped a session. Uh, it was an emergency sort of hour session at the end of media day because people were worried there wasn't enough running. Um, so he topped that hour's session. Um, looking a little bit, let's say, less good. Um, We've not seen a lot from Jaguar. Sam Bird looks looks comfortable in that car, but Mitch Evans wasn't particularly, let's say, a big factor in the timing screens. And then there's the sort of brake worries that Bird had in uh, private testing and Buemi had uh, driving for the customer and vision team. Um, so we kind of need to see more from them before we make a, a judgment. And Porsche was sort of relatively quiet as well. They're now supplying Andretti. Um, so Andrea Lotter has moved to Andretti to Costa moves to Porsche to partner Verline and Jake Dennis is still at Andretti as well so four fantastic drivers and if 
the powertrain is good, then you can expect wins, but it's been relatively quiet from them. So it's looking to be really, really exciting. I think there are a lot of names that I haven't mentioned as well that could theoretically be in the mix. Um, there are so many big, big names in this championship and none of them are there because, you know, they're paying drivers or whatever, like or anything like that. They're all there on merit. And it's fantastic to have a grid like that and drivers from sort of all walks of life as well. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be a fantastic season. And I did ask Sam Bird about this, um, you know, what can we predict going into Mexico? And he says, you cannot rule anybody out. Um, you just can't because nobody knows where each other are. Nobody knows where they are. Theoretically, you know, Maserati and DS, maybe they walk into Mexico and think, you think they could be favourites. But theoretically, another manufacturer could make a massive step over the winter. Um, so I might have had a eureka moment after, you know, drinking too many uh, Baileys on Christmas Day <laughs> and uh, putting that into practice and sticking it on the simulator and they work out, oh, this is some performance and um, turn up in Mexico and wipe the floor with everybody. You just don't know. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens, basically. I am as well. Look, safe travels to Mexico this week. We can't wait to Thank read you. all of your coverage online at autosport.com and, of course, in the magazine as well. Make sure you pick it up uh, this week on Thursday for your ultimate formulary preview. You've written about a bazillion words for that, haven't you? Uh, yeah, there's that, and there's a couple of features on autosport.com coming out as well just to sort of uh, bring the hype for Mexico. So keep an eye out for those really really looking forward to this third generation of cars anything could happen this weekend uh, we'll be tuned in to the coverage thank you for listening to our podcast today and we'll see you on the next one Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When you're craving church's three-piece classic, there's no other option. Two crispy legs, a thigh, and a warm honey butter biscuit are the only way. And that's why we call it a classic. Church's Texas Chicken. Tap the banner to find your nearest location. Offer valid at participating locations. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning. And you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. You don't need a reason when the one and only hot and melty sausage McMuffin with egg is just two fifty. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.